Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us for a conversation is Bob Moriarty, the founder of 321Gold and 321Energy.com. Mr. Moriarty, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Glad to have you back on the program, sir. We brought you on today to discuss current events, companies that have your attention, and to discuss Amazon's best-selling book right now under commodities trading, which happens to be your book aptly entitled Basic Investing in Resource Stocks, The Idiot's Guide. Bob, you shared with me on a number of occasions to be aware of political and geopolitical events as they have a direct influence on our lives and portfolio. Let's begin with current events, and there's a number of them unfolding right before us. Beginning in the U.S., what has your attention and why? Uh, from a, I don't know a good term to use, from kind of a sick desire to watch something obscene, the uh, Cohen hearings are, are certainly interesting, and it's a measure of how far over the cliff the company's country has gone. I mean, it's 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 obscene. Uh, why you would get a guy who is is a felon and who's lied to Congress, who has an agenda uh, to testify to Congress is just amazing. I mean, we know the guy's a liar. You know what exactly do they see? But it's all political theater, and. No one is trying to improve the country, and that's true of both the Republicans and the Democrats. They're just trying to get even with the guys on the other side of the aisle. And it's sick, okay? But it, it's, you know, it's interesting watching because it's so sick. In previous interviews, you referenced the deep state slash shadow government. For someone new to the conversation, who is the deep state and what is their significance? I'm not sure that deep state is a good term. It's really the congressional military-industrial complex that President Eisenhower warned us about 1961 in his farewell address. Uh, in, in his written copy, he called it the congressional military-industrial complex but uh, his political advisor said, you can't do that. You can't criticize Congress. So remove that. Just call it the military-industrial complex. We have a small subset in the United States who, whose economic welfare is based on constant war. Uh, we no longer fight wars to achieve peace. We fight wars to achieve war, and it's a transfer of wealth from the taxpayers of the United States to the congressional military-industrial complex, and it will destroy, actually it has destroyed the United States already. Uh, the United States is bankrupt, functionally bankrupt. There's nothing we can do about it. There's no savior that's going to come along. There are no solutions. We're bankrupt. And the standard of living of most Americans is going to decline a lot more than it already has. And just for the record, is the deep state 
or the Democratic Party? Which one is it that really wants President Trump out and why? Well, it's the deep state. Okay. The, the Democrats do, but only because they wanted Hillary Clinton in. And she was supported by the deep state. And to the extent, I mean, months ago, I was writing and talking about there being a coup d'etat in the United States. And then Andrew McCabe actually uh, went on 60 Minutes and he admitted it. I mean, this is bizarre. Uh, if you have a coup d'etat in any country in the world, the the legal system should arrest these guys, give them fair trials, and shoot them. And we don't do that. We admit, oh yeah, well, we had a coup d'etat in the Department of Justice and the NSA and the CIA and the FBI were all trying to overthrow the, the democratically elected president of the United States, but who cares? You know, Bob, I want to go back to that question I just asked there. What will be the purpose or what is their ultimate intent? If they get President Trump out, then what? Well, see, that's the problem. Uh, we, we talk about defeating ISIS in Syria, or we talk about regime change in Iran or regime change in Syria or regime change in Afghanistan or regime change in Iraq. We never have a plan B. We never have anything that we actually intend to do. Uh, the, the journey has become the destination, and that is perpetual war. Let me ask you this here. What is Bob Moriarty's assessment of President Trump? I think the man's an idiot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You want to beat around the bush? He's a blithering idiot. He's a narcissist. His, his knowledge of things economic or historical is, is absolutely obscene. It's most certainly a criminal. But... Uh, when you say that, you also have to say, well, his, his opponent was Hillary Clinton, and if she had been elected president, there would have been four versions of Air Force One, three of them, just to carry her baggage around. <laughs> so in many regards, we'd have the same president, then, in some regards, I should say, then. Uh, let's expand the narrative to geopolitics here. Things are really heating up between India and Pakistan. What's going on there? The shit's about to hit the fan. And give us some context to, to that. And I agree that, that that very likely could be the outcome here, which we certainly hope isn't the case. But give us some context of what's going on there. Uh, let, me, let me backtrack a little bit. Okay, I think we've discussed the worldwide revolution before, but the population of every country on earth is upset because the power and the money is being transmitted from the 99% to the 1%, and everybody is upset. The yellow vests in Israel, in Canada, in Brussels, in Spain, and I'm certain that's true in Pakistan as well. Uh, there is an area of disputed territory between Pakistan and India that's been in dispute since 1948. Uh, and there are people, there are terrorists 
India calls them terrorists, but they're supported by Pakistan, who who set off a bomb and and killed 40 uh, Indian policemen, military. Uh, India was naturally upset. When you're dealing with two parties who are equipped with nuclear weapons, uh, you want to avoid that kind of stuff because one of the options is everybody keeps being stupid and you end up lobbying nuclear weapons at each other. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm predicting it. I don't know what the possibility is. I know it's a very dangerous time and I wish there was a way of sorting it out that made sense. But unfortunately, I mean, the only sane uh, political leader in the world today, I think, is uh, Putin. You know, and speaking of Putin, I want to address the, the situation with Russia and Ukraine as well. But before we do that, let's, sure. move, let's move west and go and discuss uh, the situation between the U.S. and Iran. What's going on there? Well, here's what's funny. Israel has been advocating for a war against Iran since 1982. It's in writing. They've said it many, many times. It has nothing to do with Iran and everything to do with Israel. And Israel has convinced the United States to fight their wars for them. There is no Iranian nuclear weapons program, period. It stopped years ago. All 17 U.S. intelligence agencies admitted, and there is no nuclear weapons program, period, end of story. Everything that is being said about Iran is something that has been made up by Benjamin Netanyahu and the Mossad, and they're trying to convince the Americans to go to war. Now, since uh, Donald Trump was bought and paid for by Sheldon Adelson, he sold his soul for about 30 or $35 million in the presidential campaign. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, through Sheldon Adelson, literally tells the president of the United States what to do. And I naturally against that. However, if Hillary Clinton had been elected, she would have done the same thing. We need to stop fighting wars for Israel. I am not a pacifist. I am the opposite of a pacifist. I, have a, I am a warrior, and I have fought in wars, and I know all about war because I've been there. I would defend my country and my family and my state in a minute against a true enemy. But we go out and create these straw enemies who are not the enemies of us on behalf of Israel, and then we attack them and we let a bunch of our kids get killed and we pay for the war, and it's bankrupted the United States, and the United States is going to end up just like the French Empire, the Spanish Empire, and the Russian Empire, and the British Empire. It's going to bankrupt itself, and the standard of living of Americans are going to go down substantially, fighting wars for a tiny, meaningless country in the Middle East. You know what you say, uh, sometimes I, I know that uh, others may disagree with it and say that's a little extreme, but the reality is, is you stated empirical evidence wars bankrupt nations and then they also devalue their currency and history does repeat itself and the united states currently is is on that trajectory let's move uh north here you referenced russia earlier there isn't that much news coming out from russia and ukraine ukraine i'm sorry 
What's the situation like there? Well, actually, there is. And it, again, that's a situation where the neocons, who are under the control of, of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, I mean, they're traitors to the United States, but they would like to get into a war with Russia, and they're using the Ukraine. Uh, the Ukraine. And it's really funny because the Ukrainian government is supported by the United States, Poroshenko, they're just as corrupt as they could be. It's the worst possible thing in the world for the Ukrainian people, but we don't give a shit, okay, as long as they do what the United States wants to do, which is antagonize Russia. Now, everybody talks about Russia ha having invaded Crimea. But the Crimea was always part of Russia and been part of Russia since, I think, Catherine the Great. Uh, the Crimea only became part of Ukraine in uh, 1954 because uh, Khrushchev got drunk and he signed it over to the Ukrainians. But Ukraine was part of the USSR back then, so he didn't really change anything whatsoever. The When... The United States sponsored and paid for and admittedly paid $5 billion of American dollars to subvert the Ukrainian government and sponsored a coup d'etat in, in Ukraine against their democratically elected president. Uh, then the thugs that are running uh, Ukraine uh, started stirring up trouble that was anti-Russian and the people in the eastern part of the country voted and said, we don't want to be part of Ukraine, we're Russian, we've always been Russian, they will want to be Russian. So Ukraine has kind of split in two. Uh, Ukrainian Navy tried to force a ship through a very narrow strait, and the Russians captured the ship and said, no, you can't do that, that's illegal to do. It's a hot spot, and it's something that could go nuclear in very short order. We have a small group, about 30 people, who are at the heart of the military-industrial complex. They're neocons, they're dual nationals. They do not own, owe any loyalty whatsoever to the United States, but all of it to Israel, who want to sponsor a war between the United States and Russia, and if we do, if we allow them to do that, it's a war that's going to last for about 30 minutes. Well, certainly it's a war that we don't want. And I, I recall, Bob, you've referenced before in previous interviews, uh, it's a fact that maybe most people aren't aware of, but you referenced that the United States does not engage in war with countries that have nuclear weapons. Am, am I correct in, in my uh, memory on that? Well, by and large, we, we choose to attack countries that cannot defend themselves. So uh, Pakistan was good, and Afghanistan was good, and Iraq was good, and Syria is good, and Iran's good. Uh, why they're antagonizing Russia, which most certainly is nuclear armed, I don't know. Switching gears, let's move on to these that have your attention at the moment? Well, there's my favorite trio, and Quentin Henning is behind all three of them, Novo Resources, which we have talked about at some length. 
Uh, it's very hot in Australia right now, and summer starts cooling down in March and April, and, and they'll get busy. They're doing some stuff now, but nothing of significance that will move the market. Uh, they will be uh, testing at Edgina probably starting in April, and I expect some very significant results there. But of more interest is Miramont, that I think they've completed six holes so far in southern Peru, and uh, they've got a very interesting deposit with three big targets that could be a world-class project. I'm not sure the first results are going to show out of the box, you know, blow the lid off the stock uh, kind of assays, but I, it, it's a drill program that I expect to be of, of major importance. I expect drill results coming out in two to four weeks. And they're certainly going to be interesting, and it's a stock that I own a lot of, and I like a lot. It's got about a $30 million market cap. Now, Novo has about a $400 million market cap. So Miramont's going to move a lot more than Novo in terms of percentage. And second, you and I went to Irving a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now, uh, they should, and should be in a great big quotation marks, should start drilling about mid-March and probably six weeks to two months after that start coming out with results. They're testing two things. They're going to test the area that we saw that had very high grade goals right at surface in a vein system. And, and just for your information, Keith Barron went over there. The samples that we took tested about $25,000 a ton. Keith Barron took a sample that tested $35,000 a ton. Uh, that's not going to be the first drill target. The first drill target is going to be in the center. Uh, the center has shown some several grams to the ton assays from the quartz uh, silica cap that makes it a center, and that's interesting because that's typically not where the gold is. The gold is trapped underneath the center, and uh, they're going to drill into that. And, and I can't tell you whether it'll hit on the first hole or the 50th hole, but uh, I, I expect some real barn burning results there. Yes, truly interesting times for Dr. Quentin Henney there. How about switching to the metallic group of companies? What can you tell us about them? Well, the, the first uh, company that I wrote up going back 18 years ago was Nova Gold. And the guy that I was working with was Greg Johnson. He was vice president of exploration. A very intelligent guy, very good guy. I like him a lot. And what he's done is he's put together three companies in different commodities. He's got a company that specializes in copper, and it's called Granite Creek. He's got a company called Group 10 that has a platinum palladium deposit uh, in Montana, right next to the Stillwater Mine. And it, it, it appears from a technical point of view, it, it appears that they've got a carbon copy of the Stillwater mine. 
Greg has done a brilliant job of putting packages together that nobody else has ever put together before. Everybody knew there were some good projects there at Stillwater that wasn't owned by Stillwater. But, you know, one guy owned one and another guy owned another, another company owned the other. And what Greg's managed to do is put that together. And then as Metallic Metals uh, specializes in silver up in the Yukon. And uh, the interesting thing is it's all under similar managements, Greg Johnson and his guys. I like him a lot. These are all very quiet companies. Nobody's heard about them. Nobody pays any attention to them. But I think that all three of them will end up being home runs. I, I like Greg Johnson a lot. He's a good guy. And full disclosure, all the companies that you've referenced so far, they are sponsors of Proven and Probable, with the exception of Granite Creek Copper. There's one more company that uh, recently you've been discussing, and that is Rover Metals. What can you share with us? Well, Rover's interesting. Rover's got a market cap of about $3 million, and they got just under a million dollars in the bank. So so they can get started uh, <clears throat> in a roaring bull market. It is not the majors or the mid-tiers that have the greatest percentage advance. It's the little tiny companies. Uh, Rover is in is north of Yellowknife, okay, up in the Northwest Territories. I think they're 110 kilometers north of, of Yellowknife. Uh, most people won't even recognize this, but I think it was the biggest gold mine in Canada was the giant mine in, in Yellowknife, and it was a big deal 30 or 40 years ago, but you don't hear much about that district now. And he's put together a good package. They're getting a lot of interesting results. He's got enough money to get started on a drill program. And it's the kind of company that can go from a $3 million market cap to a $30 million market cap with one set of good drill holes. And the CEO there is Judson Coulter. And just for our audience, uh, we will be interviewing Group 10 Metals tomorrow as well as Rover Metals and then Metallic Minerals as well next week. And we plan to have Granite Creek Cropper as well. And we just interviewed Nova Resources. And we're trying to get Miramont and Irving back on the program as well here in the very near future. Finally, Bob, you just released a new book entitled Basic Investing in Resource Stocks, The Idiot's Guide. Allow me to be the first to congratulate you. In less than 10 days, your book is the best-selling book on commodities trading on Amazon. That's quite an accomplishment. Well, yeah, but you're the guy who kept bugging me to write the damn thing. It's all your fault. It's not my <laughs> fault. I, I'm delighted and, and honored that you wrote the book, and I, I know everyone that will be wise enough to purchase a copy, they will feel the same. Bob, tell us about your book, and why should someone listening purchase a copy? Well, here's what's interesting. Uh, if you've never written a book or a long article, you don't realize that once you start writing, it takes on a life of its own. I fully intended to cover copper and uranium and zinc and silver and gold and platinum and palladium. And what I intended to do turned out to be something totally different. Uh, 
than what I actually ended up with. I, I started writing, and, you know, whatever it is that controls my typing fingers, said, no, 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 you don't want to go in this direction. You want to go in this direction. So, so I did that. Uh, and what I did is I put in a lot of things that I've learned over the years that are very important. I mean, let me give you a perfect example. There are so many people who are invested in, in gold and silver and resource stocks who spend a lot of time worrying about manipulations. And the funny thing is, the whole manipulation thing, it's just as big a scam as Bitcoin and global warming. Okay, we talked about Bitcoin when it was $800 billion and it's uh, $150 billion now. It was the greatest financial fraud in world history. There was no there, there. Uh, global warming and carbon credits is an absolute fraud. It's a tax. There is no such thing as global warming. The real danger is global cooling, and it has far more to do with the sun than it has to do with the, the actions of men. The, the, it, to a much smaller degree, uh, the idea of manipulation being significant uh, is similar. It's fraud, and the people who talk about it know that they're using fraud. However, it's very appealing. You know, when you go out and buy a company or you go out and buy a commodity and it goes down, you can always point at manipulation and say, ah, it's manipulated. I didn't lose money because I'm stupid and made bad decisions. I lost money because it's manipulated. But the guys who talk about manipulation and use manipulation as an excuse don't bother telling everybody every financial instrument is manipulated and it's manipulated by everybody all of the time now if you think that manipulation is significant you should not invest it's that simple but everything's manipulated we know the government manipulates interest rates we know they manipulate currencies good chance they manipulate the stock market who gives a shit it's like the sun coming up. You can't do anything about it. Why worry about it? But I, I, I put in a, a bunch of tips that I've learned over the years from mistakes that I've made. And, and I, I'm really quite proud of the book. I think it's a good book. And I think that people will save themselves a lot of money by buying and reading the book. And that, what I try to do is I try to make books very simple. Okay, I'm not interested in a four or five hundred page turner where I'm trying to espouse some really unique theory of investing. I don't give a shit. Okay, I want to help ordinary people make decisions that can make them money. Now, I think you and I have talked a couple of times about the daily sentiment uh, indicator, and I have used that to predict turns in 24 commodities. I did it in January of uh, 2018, and then I did it in the end of December of 2018. And of the 24 commodities that I predicted would turn direction, 24 of them did it. 
And the funny thing is, I'm not a guru. Anybody could do that. If they would read the book, if they understood the basics, if they used the tools that are available to everybody, anybody could do that. There's no magic to it. Everybody wants to convince people there's some kind of magic. You need to listen to the experts. You need to listen to the gurus. Well, the experts are all full of shit. Why would you want to listen to them? You know, your book resonates with so many people, hence the, the, the success it's had already. But when you're reading this book, you're, and this is to the audience members here, you have the ability to tap into one of the deepest reservoirs of talking about of intellectual capacity in this sector that has the success. He's sharing with you the tools he uses, and they're very practical. Anyone, as you referenced, could use the tools. When I first read the book, it, it wasn't what I expected, and not in a disappointing way. I thought you were going to go into a more technical side of... of uh, you know, just sharing, I'm looking for these certain parameters, but instead it's a very pragmatic book and it's very easy to understand and apply. And Bob, on behalf of Proven and Probable, we want to thank you for giving us the seal of approval as one of the trusted sources that you recommend for readers. That is by far the highest compliment to our work and I want to thank you for that, sir. Well, I don't know whether you should thank me or not. If people hate the book, I'm going to blame you. <laughs> we'll take the blame on that one. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this as well. What type sure. of feedback have you received from your peers in the industry? Uh, very positive. I mean, uh, you know, what, when you're a writer, you never really know how people are going to react to it. I mean, face it, there's a lot of books that aren't worth reading. But when you do something and you've invested a lot of time and energy and thought into something, uh, you, you want people to react to it in a positive way. And I, I've talked to a lot of people, and I've had a lot of people do reviews so far, and there will be a lot more reviews, and everybody's receiving it very well. And these guys are not trying to suck up to me. If they saw a problem with it, they'd say something. Bob, give us the title one more time and share with us where we can purchase a copy. Okay, you can go to Amazon.com and buy it there, and in any country they sell books, and it's Basic Investing in Resource Stocks, The Idiot's Guide, and I want everybody to understand it's not the reader that's the idiot, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, before we close, last question. Okay. What did I forget to ask? Probably dozens and dozens of things. You you just lack the ability to ask any interesting questions. Once you got past, how are you doing on your book? You just ran out of interesting things to say. He forgot to ask about the new investment. Oh, which new investment? Ah. Oh. Well, oh, please share with us. Barbara wants to tell you about her new investment in commodities. And that would be what? Sheep. Sheep? Yeah, sheep. No, ma'am, I heard you whisper. You have to share with the audience. We got you live on air here. <laughs> Come on, Barbara. Um, bought two of the um, Swiss Valley black-nosed sheep. Huh. They are a special breed. They are very rare. And they are absolutely gorgeous. Living in five-star luxury in the New Forest in England, 
and they are two two males, but they they sort of didn't perform, did they really? Yeah. So, <laughs> they, so they so they had. They, to, let, let me let me be nice about this. They used to be males. So they <laughs> have them fixed, but they are um, they're not like normal sheep. They are like um, lovely cuddly teddy bears. Not to go now. Pleasure speaking with you, ma'am. I will send you a, a, a photo. Please do. Okay. Bob, for someone that wants to get more information on your work, please share the websites. Um, got two websites, 321 Energy and 321 Gold, and they're free websites, and we got about 50,000 people a day coming to them. Um, and we think they're valuable. And last but not least, please visit provenandprobable.com for mining insights and bullion sales. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com. Bob Moriarty of 321gold and 321energy.com. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you and thank you for bugging me to finish the book. <laughs> All the best to you, sir. Take care. Good deal. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.